Welcome to Tres Cuentos. As some of you already know, this summer, Tres Cuentos will be mostly featuring stories for children. That is why today we begin our journey through the stories of children heroes. Stories in which children were far wiser and smarter than adults. So today's cuento comes from the most biodiverse country per square mile than any other country around the world. Have you guessed it? Yeah, it is Ecuador, a country in South America. The source of this cuento is the book Verde Fue Mi Selva by Etna Iturralde. But recently, I found out that the book had been translated as Green Was My Forest by Mandel Villar Press. However, today you will be listening to my translation of the story. During this series of Children Heroes, I will be telling a story, and later I will be sharing with you some interesting facts about the culture from which the story comes from, and last, I will finish the program with a poem or a riddle. My name is Carolina Quiroga-Stoltz, and I invite you to pay careful attention to the following cuento. It might motivate you to become a peace ambassador. Meset War Meset these were the words little Tetsem, a little Achuar girl, heard while hiding in the darkness. The word Meset was repeated several times by Kamantan, the sorcerer of her tribe, while discussing the pressing matter with the other men in the cabin. Tetsem thought that as the sorcerer was pronouncing that word with such hate, it seemed to bounce from mouth to mouth like a rubber ball on fire. The door was opened, letting the shadowy silhouette of the sorcerer Kamantan be seen standing by the entrance. At the same time, the girl would have sworn that she saw a red fireball like a lit-up piece of coal, rushing out of the cabin, heading towards the forest, furiously crossing the trees. That Sam's heart was now beating wildly, and she felt a sticky chill running down her body. She was sure that the fireball was the same word, Misset, war. She knew that words are very important, and should be handled with care, especially a word such as war. Surely, after the adults had passed the word from mouth to mouth, it had become alive. And now, as a fireball, the word was heading to all corners of the forest. It was three in the morning, time for the Wajusa, the moment in which the Ashuar people sit to discuss all important matters while drinking the medicinal waters. Tetsem came out from behind some wood logs where she had been hiding and listening to the adults talk. 
she thought how much that word "misset" war scared her. It wasn't like she was a coward. She was just as brave as her brothers, but the whole idea of getting into another war was very discouraging. That Sam walked slowly to the other side of the house, to the ekent, the space reserved for women, where some of them were already preparing breakfast. The girl sat by the burner and grabbed a piece of delicious fried yuca. Served on a plantain leaf, and began to eat and think. That Sam remembered that two days ago the oldest brother of the sorcerer had died. Kamantan swore that his brother had visited him in a dream, and had blamed the neighboring tribe for his sudden death. He had been bewitched, and now. He was calling for revenge. As that Sam was reflecting on the recent events and motives of the sorcerer, the women had begun to prepare the paint that the men of her tribe would be wearing on their skins during the upcoming war. The cooks were grinding the achiote seeds in a stone mortar and mixing them with grease while singing war songs. Even the bird Pinchikia sang. Everything shakes. It all goes dark. War will soon break. Outside, the warriors were getting ready with their rifles, slingshots, arrows, and spears. That day, no one would go out to hunt or work. Some of the men were saying, "Oi, oi, oi! Hi, hi, hi! Don't know what fear is. I'm ready for war to begin." At that moment, the girl heard her mother's call. "Did Sam? Why aren't you helping?" The girl did not reply. She came closer to a hole on the cane wall and peered through it. And saw her father, who had already painted his face with red lines across, and was putting curare, a deadly poison, on the tip of his arrows. Other men were adjusting their feathered headbands with solemn and worried expressions on their faces. The girl scratched the wall with her fingernail, making the small hole bigger. She saw her younger brothers sharpening their machetes. The blades emitted sparks of fire. That Sam remembered the fireball that she had seen hours ago. What would happen if someone could stop the fireball? Could the war be stopped? But could she do it? Preparations for the war were far advanced. No one would dare to say anything against that, or he could risk being called a coward. That Sam pondered the options and thought that she could try it. All she had to do was to find the path the fireball had taken and stop it. The girl emptied a basket containing the yuca and put it on her back. Then she began to run and passed in her way all the farms until she made it to the forest. She knew she did not have much time, 
perhaps just a day and a night. The men were just finishing putting up the Wenuk, the small fort. Then they would be ready to march. When Tetsem saw that no one was following her and that she was far away from home, she stopped running and looked around. Now she needed to decide which way to go. When she was about to choose, from the bushes came out a deer with big, wise eyes, who said, Tetsem, my beautiful hummingbird. Surprised, the girl looked at the one who had spoken. It was a deer. Could that be her grandmother's spirit? Only her grandmother would call her hummingbird. Of course. Everybody knew that when an Ashwar dies, they become deer. Nukuchiru, grandma, exclaimed the girl while throwing her arms around the deer's neck. I know. What is going through your heart? And I know what you should do. Like you, I do not like the war. How can I stop Maset? First, you need to find the word war and then bring it back to those who first pronounced it. Only then can destroy it. But Nukuchiru, they all want the war. Don't be so sure, my little hummingbird. Don't be so sure. For a while, they walked through the forest until they heard the first cry. It was Señora Araña, Miss Spider. Señora Araña, with your house. Oh, well, I have so many enemies, but no one like this one. I was calmly sitting here, minding my own business, just waiting for a mosquito to fall in my brand new web. But then, all of a sudden, a furious hot red fireball burned my web to a crisp. Luckily, I was able to hold on to a leaf. Otherwise, I would not be talking to you right now. Tetsem and Grandma Deer felt sorry for Señora Araña, Mrs. Spider, and knew that the fireball couldn't be far. They went down a muddy path and arrived at a river that seemed to be covered by a wool blanket. Then they heard a pitiful cry. <laughs> it was the bamboo-like wawa trees lamenting their sad fate by the river shore. Our beautiful flowers. It took away our beautiful flowers. Tetsem understood that the tree's flowers were like wool cottons 
and they must have been brushed away from the trees and ended up on the river. After asking the trees who did it, their suspicions were confirmed. It was not an ox. It was not a machete. It was something that we had never seen before. Something that came all of a sudden. A furious, hot, red fireball beat us over and over again. Right before crossing the river and flying away. The girl and the deer crossed the shallow river. They knew they were coming closer. They just needed to follow the path of the burned leaves. The night was falling over the forest. Soon, they were surrounded by darkness. As they stopped, they heard voices from a nearby village. Oh no! We should stop Mesette before it gets to that village. But where could it be? Look through those trees. That Sam turned her face towards the bushes and saw something that seemed to be breathing a red light. The girl knew it was the fireball. She got so scared that her first instinct was to say, It's Mesette! We should run. It can burn us to a crisp. But Grandma Deer put herself between the girl and the path, stopping her from running away, and said, No, Tetsen. Remember what you came to do. You were the only one who dared to think differently. You can do it. But, Grandma Deer... I'm just a little girl, and I am very afraid. What can I do? You can catch that fireball with your basket. Approach it carefully. Keep your mouth closed. And do not hesitate, for if it feels you hesitating, it can get in your mouth. And it can make you change your mind. Tetsem walked slowly towards the red light. It was right there in the middle of a clearing, huffing and puffing. It seemed as if it was resting and recovering in order to renew its vengeful mission again. The girl ducked and kept approaching. When she was close enough, she closed her mouth, and in a fast and skillful move, she trapped the fireball inside her basket and held it against her chest. The fireball was furious and began to bounce back and forth, back and forth inside the basket, trying to escape. Quickly, my girl, jump over my back. I will give you a ride back home. While both were riding back, the leaves and the branches of the trees began to slap the girl's face. 
despite how much it hurt, that Sam kept her mouth closed. Not a single sound or complaint came out of her mouth. In the meantime, the men and women in her village had continued with their preparations. It was past midnight when Tetsem and Grandma Deer made it back to the village. They said goodbye to each other, and then the girl walked to the sorcerer's cabin. She could hear voices of people inside getting ready to drink the guayusa. Before she was able to open the door, Kamantan the sorcerer appeared blocking the entrance. What do you want, niña? I have something to show to the elders. <laughs> Very well, come on in. It had better to be worth it. As she came in, she saw all the men and some of the women from the village sitting around the fire inside the cabin. Among the adults, she saw her father, who immediately asked her, That's him. What do you have inside your pitiak basket? Without saying another word, the little girl simply opened the basket. And as she did, the furious hot and red fireball came out and began to bounce against the walls of the cabin until at last it hung from the roof like a vampire waiting for its victims. As the people were covering their heads, afraid they would be burned, They all heard an echo. Kamantan the sorcerer shouted out loud. Why did you bring it back? To stop the war. <laughs> Ignorant creature. <laughs> you can't. Stop the war. <laughs> Don't you see that we are ready to fight? That we all want the war. We all want Meset. In that moment, the little girl began to look around at the faces of all those adults, hoping that one of them would join her. But they were all afraid. But just when she thought that the journey had been in vain, She heard a familiar voice saying, Not everybody. It was the voice of her oldest brother who had come and was standing in between the sorcerer and little Tetsem. Then she heard her mother saying, <laughs> Not everybody. Next, she heard her father saying, Not everybody. Soon, everybody in the room was shouting aloud. Not everybody. Not everybody. Not everybody. Not everybody. Not everybody. While they were all repeating, Not everybody, the furious hot and red fireball began to shrink and get colder, shrink and get colder. Soon, its bright color had faded and it fell on the ground. Tetsem went to pick it up, and it was just a tiny wrinkled piece of charcoal. She placed it on her palm, and then, with her other hand, she crushed it. Oh, everyone was relieved. 
truly, no one wanted the war. As the girl walked out of the cabin, people began to laugh with joy. The Tsim walked and stood in front of the Wenuk, the fortress the people had built to defend themselves from their neighbors. Right there, the girl opened her hand and blew the ashes off. As she did, the fortress fell to the ground. As the sun began to rise, the Tsim sang. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nothing is impossible. Wee, wee. Y colorín colorado, este cuento se ha acabado. The end. Very well, my dear listeners. Let's briefly talk about the Ashuar people, from which Edna Iturralde the author of this beautiful story, found her inspiration. The Achuar, or Ashwar, are a group of indigenous people of the Amazon Basin, and there are currently around 6,000 Ashwar people. Their ancestral lands, nearly 2 million acres in all, are in between borders of what is today the countries of Ecuador and Peru in South America. Can you find them in the map? The Ashwar live in a remote area that has allowed them to preserve their way of life with little outside influence or colonization. All aspects of their culture are spiritually oriented around dreams and visions. Most of their rituals help them to access their dreams and integrate them into their daily lives. Thus, shamans play a central role in the Ashwar ceremonial life and in their community health. Throughout their history, the Ashwar have been self-sufficient and autonomous, sustaining their family groups through hunting and gardening. Once, they were semi-nomadic people, but today, most of the Ashwar live now in small villages. A result of contact with Christian missionaries, around the 1960s. Due to the exploitation of foreign oil companies, the Ashwar people have been excluded from their lands, but they have joined efforts with different organizations and other Amazonian groups to work protecting the Amazon rainforest. That, by the way, is the lungs of our planet. And in that effort, the Ecuador's Waurani indigenous tribe Another group of native South Americans recently won their first victory just last Friday, April the 26th, against big oil companies in a ruling that blocks the company's entry onto ancestral Amazonian lands for oil exploitation activities. Isn't that wonderful? So, kudos to these people who are working hard to keep our planet alive. The question now is, what are we doing to help? Remember that this planet will be inherited by all of those who are now young. What are we adults doing to guarantee that our children enjoy a healthy living world? Tell us more about your efforts. 
Remember, every action, no matter how small, it counts. Leave us a comment on our Facebook, Tres Cuentos Podcast. And before we finish our program, how about a riddle? If you know the answer, go ahead and post it on our Facebook, Tres Cuentos Podcast. What has legs but cannot walk, has food on his back, and can't even lunch? Well, go ahead and post your answers on our Facebook. Very well, dear listeners, this is all for now. Tres Cuentos tells you that life is more enjoyable if we find peaceful and creative ways to resolve our conflicts. In our next episode, we will meet two children that went after a shiny ball, and one of them almost turned into a doll. Until the next cuento. Adios, adios. Tres Cuentos is an exercise of creative writing, researching, and retelling. This podcast was produced, recorded, and edited by Carolina Quiroga Stoltz. Proof listening and proof reading by my good friend Don Heimel. Remember that you can follow Tres Cuentos on Facebook, iTunes, Buzzsprout, iVox, or wherever Tres Cuentos is listed. Almost everywhere. Also, visit our website, trescuentos.com. The music and sound effects were downloaded from the YouTube audio library and freesound.org. The list of credits per songs and the sources of this story can be found in the transcript. Thanks for listening. Adios, adios.